0: Welcome to a special edition of Skull Stories. I'm Vikings team reporter, Eric Smith. 500 wins. The Vikings hit their 500th all-time regular season win in week 11 of the 2021 season. It was a thrilling 34-31 victory over the Packers that ended with a walk-off field goal at U.S. Bank Stadium. Win number 500 occurred in Minnesota's 61st overall season and was a collection of hard work from hundreds throughout the Vikings organization. But we all have a favorite win, right? One that had a crazy ending, one that meant something to one's own personal career, or one that helped cap off a successful season. Over the past six months, Vikings Entertainment Network has reached out to legendary figures from across Vikings history to find the victories that meant the most to them. In this special edition of Skull Stories, here's a look at a handful of some of the most significant and meaningful wins in team history. As we begin, of course, at the very beginning, at least that's where Fran Tarkenton started, as he recalled a 37 to 13 stunner of a win, the first in Vikings history.
1: I can go back to the very first game, my favorite win of all time. We're playing the Chicago Bears. I'm a rookie, I'm 21 years old. We've got a new franchise team. No new franchise team had ever won anything.
0: The date was September 17th, 1961, as more than 30,000 spectators packed into Metropolitan Stadium for the first regular season game in Vikings history. The home team was not favored, especially after an uninspiring exhibition schedule that included five losses in five games.
1: We were 28-point underdogs two weeks before we lost the Chicago Bears in an exhibition game in Podunk, Iowa. We have no chance to beat the King of Kings, George Hallis, the founder of the National Football League, the general manager, head coach of the Chicago Bears. He won everything in all the 40s and
0: 50s. Tarkenton did not start the game because head coach Norm Van Brocklin opted for veteran George Shaw over the rookie quarterback. But Van Brocklin switched to Tarkenton late in the first quarter, despite the Vikings holding a 3-0 lead. The 21-year-old sparked the Vikings to an explosive offensive performance, with Tarkenton accounting for five total scores, four of which came through the air.
1: We went on a tear. I happened to complete 17 of 21 passes for 237 yards. I threw for four touchdown passes, and I ran for another. I don't remember much about
0: it. How was targeting able to pick apart such a stout defense?
1: 80% of my calls were audibles because Van Brockman was a genius offensive mind, and they blitzed all the time. And I just pushed the button when they blitzed and knew who to throw to, where to throw and we had this incredible day. Responsible for all the Viking touchdowns, Fran Tarkenton, with his phenomenal rookie performance, stuns the Bears 37-13. to 13. Now I will say that this was the greatest upset in the history of the National Football League, and it set the standard for our team from then and, 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 and later.
0: Tarkenton's amazing debut was simply the opening act for his pro football Hall of Fame career, and it ensured the Vikings would always remember their first win in franchise history. And while Fran Tarketon talked about his first win in purple, Bud Grant also did the same. Grant provided his trademark sense of humor when asked to pick his favorite win out of the 500.
2: In 500 games, <laughs> that's quite a chore. I can't remember six, let alone 500. But if I had to come up you with know, one game, it might be the first game that we won when I was the head coach. I think it was against Green Bay. I think it was in Milwaukee. At the time, I think we lost our first, maybe tied a game or lost three or four, but that was the first win that we had when I was coaching as a Viking. It was against Lombardi and the Packers, and they had won the Super Bowl, I think, that year before.
3: For the first time in seven years, Vince Lombardi's Packers, 35-10 victors over Kansas City, can claim an indisputable world
0: championship. The game was knotted at seven late in the fourth quarter when cornerback Ursel McBee picked off the Packers, his second interception of the day. That set up Fred Cox's go-ahead 12-yard field goal with just 13 seconds left to seal the game. It was a 10-7 Vikings win. Back then, Grant said, the teams left the field on the same end of it. When he went to shake the hand of Ben Lombardi, the legendary Packers head coach brushed him off.
2: He wouldn't shake hands. He was upset because they lost. And he was always hollering at the officials. I don't know. I don't know he's, a, he's a miserable guy anyway. I went over to shake hands with him and he just walked right by me. Just wouldn't even acknowledge me.
0: But don't think Grant was phased by Lombardi, whom he later joined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Instead, Grant adopted the same practice after each game.
2: I never shook hands with another head coach at the end of a game ever after that point. What I used to do is before the games, when we were warming up, I'd go to the other coach. I don't care who we were playing. And, you know, exchange pleasantries or whatever. And I'd say, well... Now, one of us is going to not feel very good at the end of this game. So we'll shake hands now. At the end of the game, I'm not going to shake your hand. And I had coaches say, that's a great idea. So from that point on, I never shook hands with a coach at the end of a game. Now, nobody even probably ever even noticed that. But I tried to prep the coach, and shaking hands is an empty gesture at the end of a game. But Lombardi taught me that.
0: We've heard from two legendary Vikings Hall of Famers, and the next Viking we'll hear from on this podcast is also a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Randall McDaniel started 188 games for the Vikings over a dozen seasons. When asked about his favorite win, McDaniel did not have to think twice.
4: Uh, For me, it it had to be the first game I ever played. I mean, in 88, my rookie year, second game of the season. Uh, playing New England, and uh, as they say, it always starts the first one. The 19th
0: overall pick in the 1988 NFL Draft out of Arizona State, McDaniel was actually on the bench for Minnesota's season opener as a rookie. But he quickly jumped into the starting lineup in week two, replacing Dave Huffman at left guard, and
4: never looked back. I wasn't nervous being a rookie, watching everyone play. I, I knew I could play the game. It was just getting that opportunity to get on the field. Fortunately, I got it second game of the season. Being a little cocky, I was pretty sure once I got in I wasn't coming out. But it was the excitement of the game.
0: McDaniel rarely came out of the starting lineup for the rest of his career. He started the next 18 games before he missed a week six game in 1989. But he returned the following week, and that led to an incredible streak of 202 consecutive starts, including 170 with the Vikings. Minnesota rolled to a 36-6 win over New England that day. And for McDaniel, the win was also the beginning of his signature look,
4: too. The week before that game, I got poked in the eye. The dark shield went on the day before the game. I had an eye patch covering my eye, so I couldn't see out of one eye. So that whole game, uh, I mean, I was playing well. The guy had no clue. I couldn't see if he went the grand stunts the opposite way. And
0: McDaniel did just fine as Minnesota racked up 415 yards of total offense. That win against the Patriots launched the career of one of the most durable and reliable offensive linemen in
4: NFL history. My streak for consecutive starts was um, 202 consecutive starts. I've been fortunate, knock on wood, that uh, injuries didn't uh, affect the career. I mean, I missed one game in 14 years. Three legends,
0: three memorable wins, and a trio of firsts that set the foundation for this storied Vikings franchise. Every team has memorable moments that stand out in franchise lore and forever stand the test of time. When it comes to longevity with the Vikings, nobody can top Jerry Rykow because the man who spent 59 total seasons with the Vikings was part of the organization for an astounding 484 wins.
5: I don't know who's been there longer.
0: <laughs> it's been a, been a long, long
5: trail there.
0: Reichau played the first four Vikings seasons as a wide receiver and was involved in 14 wins. He then transitioned to the front office in 1965 and spent the next 55 seasons racking up 470 wins in various scouting roles.
5: After I had done playing, I didn't know anything about anything else, so I became a scout.
0: By most standards, playing four years in the NFL is a relatively short career. But Vikings head coach Noam Van Brocklin recognized Reichau's keen eye for talent. And like the old saying goes, when a window closes, a door opens.
5: He let me go. He says, well, I got to let you go, but I'm hiring you. Said, oh, geez, what was that all about? He
0: says, I want you to
5: scout so I scouted that
0: fall. With so many wins to pick from, Rykow chose one from his time in the personnel department. It was 1977. With three weeks to go in the season, and the Vikings trailing the 49ers late in week 12, an unlikely hero emerged. Rookie quarterback Tommy Kramer provided the late game heroics.
6: With one minute and 47 seconds remaining, And 69
7: yards away from victory, the rookie played out his storybook role to perfection.
0: A 69-yard touchdown pass from Kramer to Sammy White kept the Vikings' playoff hopes alive. It was one of the most incredulous comebacks in team history. A 28-27 win over the 49ers that featured an impressive showing from Kramer. A player Rykow had found at Rice University the autumn before.
5: I had scouted him he wasn't considered a prospect hardly. And then in senior year, I went down to a Texas A&M Rice game and A&M had a great running football team and they would grind it out, go right down the field and they'd score and then they'd kick off the rice. Boom, boom, boom. Kramer throw three or four passes and they're in, in the end zone. And that went on all day. So I got back and I talked to Frank Gilliam who was you know, one of our top guys and uh, he said, uh, I said, go down there and see what you can find out about this guy. God, he just put on his show throwing the ball. And then he went to the senior bowl and he won the awards there. And, uh, you know, and so we drafted him in the first round.
0: Kramer had hardly played before the 49ers came to town. And he didn't start that game either. But he relieved Bob Lee, who had started in place of an injured Fran Tarkenton early in the fourth quarter, with Kramer leading a wild comeback with three touchdown passes in a 12-minute span.
5: Boy, they put him in in a cold and <laughs> the was out. And uh, I'm thinking, oh boy, how, how's he gonna handle this weather from where he's from? God, he went like he was nothing to it.
0: That win against San Francisco helped the Vikings secure the NFC Central title and make a deep playoff run. And it gave Rykow a game he would never forget.
5: When I started all this stuff, I had no idea I'd be around that long.
0: And just three years after that, we get to one of the most iconic games in Vikings history. You know it as the Miracle at the Met. It was week 16 of the 1980 season, and the Vikings and Browns each led their respective divisions. Vikings punter Greg Coleman remembers it all. We had a a phenomenal team that year. Uh, but we'd been hobbled by injuries and we needed this game to, to get to the playoffs. The Vikings trailed 23 to nine late in the fourth quarter before Minnesota scored back-to-back touchdowns to pull within one point. Cleveland punted late near midfield, but the ball fluttered into the end zone for a touchback. The Vikings, who trailed 23 to 22 with just 14 seconds left, started at their own 20-yard line with zero timeouts. I can
7: only take you through the last two plays. There was maybe 12 seconds left, 10 seconds left. It was the old hook and lateral. Joe catches it, Teddy Brown scooting around the end. He tosses it to Teddy. Teddy gains another 25, 30 yards, gets out of bounds.
2: Flea flicker pass, oh. was throwing it, and it, it back to the trailing back, and it worked that time 10th Brown.
0: That set up one final play, a 46-yard touchdown path, that etched Kramer and Ahmad Rashad in Vikings lore forever.
7: It happened in slow motion. The line is blocking their behinds off, and Tommy heaves it out.
6: Going deep, they're hoping. Tip, cut, take out. Here's city, The Vikings, they win it, time is run out.
7: And wouldn't you know it, in the end, Ahmad Rashad comes in with a one-handed grab and pulls it in and it was all bedlam. I mean, we nearly lost our minds because that regular season game gave us the NFC Central Division and we went on into
0: the playoffs. That stunning 28-23 win ensured Minnesota's 11th trip to the playoffs in a 13 season span. But this win was more than that, as it cemented itself as one of the most legendary games and most iconic plays In Vikings history.
7: There was no roof on Old Met Stadium but we tore the roof off that sucker because we were the underdogs and nobody gave us a snowball's chance in Havana. So to see the jubilation of the guys in purple, the men in purple and those guys that were in orange and white, the contrast was night and day.
0: Our next memorable moment came in 1998. Vikings running back Robert Smith recalled an early season win that set the tone for the entire year, and also came at the expense of Minnesota's biggest rival. It was October 5th, and Green Bay was essentially unbeatable at home, with the Packers riding a whopping 25-game home win streak into a Monday night football showdown. Oh,
8: we knew all about it. Everybody knew about it. I mean, it was, a, it was a huge streak. It was, you know, something that people talked about, and we were pretty confident going in there like, hey, I don't care how many times they've won in a row. It's our week this week.
0: Green Bay had lost its first game at home of the 1995 season, but won the final seven game at Lambeau Field. The Packers then went a perfect 8-0 and at home in both 96 and 97, and Green Bay had won its first two home games of the 98 season as well. But the Packers were not ready for a Vikings rookie named Randy Moss.
7: On a stormy Monday night in October, the Vikings entered storied Lambeau Field.
8: This was Randy's first year. Our offense obviously had been clicking. Uh, we had come off a, a, a win against uh, Chicago the week before on the road, and we get the chance to play on Monday night up there at Lambeau, and it was just an incredible night. I mean, apart from what uh, what was a great offensive performance was just kind of the atmosphere of that night. Uh, there was a, a little bit of a, a light rain, so the place was just kind of glistening on a Monday night. Randall going deep again, adjusting his Moss, oh, and then oh. Randy squeezes his way in for the touchdown. It
4: is unbelievable.
8: It's always great to beat (laughs) the Packers, but to beat them at home on Monday night to end that kind of streak was just amazing.
2: The Vikings are 5-0. They're the only unbeaten team in the NFC, and they've come into Lambeau Field and handed Green Bay a defeat for the first time in Green Bay since September 3rd, 1995.
0: Moth had 190 yards and two touchdowns on that night and went on to win Rookie of the Year honors, setting a rookie record with 17 touchdown catches. And speaking of touchdown catches, no one caught more in Vikings history than Chris Carter. The Hall of Famer recalled a win from nearly 30 years ago. But this memory doesn't just involve football. It was week 14 of the 1994 season with the Vikings and Bears battling for first place in the NFC Central on a Thursday night.
3: The combination of in overtime, a divisional rival who you hate, so much being on the line every year we play them. But the ability to be able to do that at home, you know, I think gave it an edge over some of the other great wins um, that I was very, very proud of.
0: With the game tied at 27 after regulation, the Bears drove down the field but missed a 40-yard field goal wide to the left. Two plays later, Carter ended it with a 65-yard touchdown in overtime.
3: I knew when we lined up in the formation, we had set them up. And then once I went into motion, yeah, they went for the bait. And I, I thought it was going to be open. I didn't know if I be able to score. I got that blazing speed and everything. Once I get in the open field, you're like, no one's going to catch me. Uh, I knew it was going to be a big play. I knew it would get us down into the red zone. I'm um, fortunate enough to be able to get it all the way into the end zone. under pressure. Carter! Touchdown!
1: Big play
6: guys make big plays.
0: And while that win was monumental for both the Vikings and Carter, it also led to one of the best experiences of his life. Former Vikings co-owner, Wheelock Whitney Jr. would always race down to the locker room after wins to congratulate the players.
3: He rushes into the locker room and and tells me that that was such a phenomenal play that I had earned my first trip to Augusta National. Him and I spent a lot of my off time playing golf. That was the first time I was able to go to Augusta National off of that play.
0: The following spring, Carter said he traveled to Augusta and played 90 holes of golf over three days.
3: Best golf trip I've ever had in my life. That's why I'm forever grateful to the Purple. Um, Not for the records, not for the football, but the combination of what they meant to my life and the overall impact um, and how it changed my life forever. Anytime you stick it to the Bears, it's a good day. That's my favorite win, the Bears going to Augusta.
0: The Viking 2012 season was full of plenty of drama and intrigue, and rookie safety Harrison Smith was right in the thick of it. Smith's all-time favorite win came in the season finale against Green Bay.
9: 2012, the last game versus the Packers. We needed a win to get into the playoffs, and Adrian was close to breaking the rushing record, so you know, there's kind of a lot of storylines to that game. It's pretty electric atmosphere.
7: Welcome to Mall of America Field. It's the regular season finale. If the Minnesota Vikings beat the Green Bay Packers today, they make the playoffs.
0: The Packers, led by Aaron Rodgers, had already clinched the NFC North, but the Vikings could claim a wild card spot with a victory that would get them to 10 wins.
9: We had been in, in that mode a little similar to what we are now. Kind of realized we had to, we had to treat every game like it was the playoffs, and that was I was just the next one up on the schedule.
0: The Vikings held a double digit lead for nearly the first three quarters, but the game was knotted late at 34 all. Minnesota eventually won on a 29 yard field goal as time expired.
7: Snap good, spot down, right footed rookie kick is up, and it is good! Blair Walsh kicks the Minnesota Vikings to the
8: playoffs.
0: But what fans remember most from that day is Adrian Peterson's chase of two benchmarks. 2,000 rushing yards, plus Eric Dickerson's single-season rushing record of 2,105 yards.
9: We had been watching him since he came back, really. So he kind of eased into that season because he was coming off an injury. We were watching him every game because he was going nuts every game.
7: Hand off Adrian up the middle, bumps it out to the right. He's for the 25-30, out of bounds at the 40-yard line, and that gives him 2,009, making him the seventh player in NFL history to run for 2,000 yards. The crowd comes to its feet.
0: Peterson finished with 2,097 yards, the second most in NFL history and just nine yards shy of passing Dickerson.
9: We all wanted to perform, but, you know, the win was, we all wanted the win too, but, yeah, it would have been nice to get a little 10 extra yards.
0: (laughs) Any win against Green Bay feels good, especially on the final day of the regular season. Just ask Vikings fan favorite, Brian Robinson.
6: Probably my favorite one would be uh, the 2015 season when we ended up clinching the division in Green Bay. So that that would probably be my favorite one. Anytime you can go over there and clinch the division, last game of the season, cold weather, all that stuff, uh, it makes it a little bit extra special.
0: Minnesota and Green Bay were both 10 and five heading into the 2015 season finale at Lambeau Field. The winner would clinch the division, and the loser would be a wild card squad.
6: We knew we were going to go into, you know, a hostile environment. We always knew that in order to win the division, it's either going to have to go through Minnesota or Green Bay. That was just the attitude we had. For us, it was, uh, I guess you could say, a statement game. We had to go in there and try to make a statement.
0: The game itself was a Mike Zimmer staple, a low-scoring, defensive slugfest. The Vikings led 20-3 to heading into the fourth quarter, buoyed by a Peterson rushing score and a fumble returned for a defensive touchdown.
7: He'll give it to Adrian, who sprints up the middle, lowers the head, touchdown Vikings!
0: But the Packers, who had won four straight division titles, didn't go quietly under Aaron Rodgers.
6: Man, I remember late in the game, um, obviously it, it kind of got, got down to the wire. We only had like four or five guys, I think five guys that were really able to kind of go. We were exhausted, we were tired, chasing Aaron around. He was trying to you know, lead a drive towards the end of the game to give themselves an opportunity to win. And um, I just remember being just totally exhausted, no other way to put it.
0: In typical Green Bay fashion, Rodgers had one final shot.
2: He's going to get one more play to the end zone. Can they do this again? No. (laughs) Wow, what a game. It took every second, but they finally knocked the
6: champs off in this division.
0: The Vikings escaped with a 20 to 13 win, Zimmer's first against the Packers, and Minnesota's first win at Lambeau Field since 2009.
6: It just truly was uh, one of those games that you kind of left it all on the field. I know that's kind of cliche, but we truly left everything we had on that field.
0: The Vikings would win another NFC North crown in 2017, but it was the 2015 division title that sparked the Vikings on an upward trajectory in the first half of Zimmer's tenure in purple.
6: That to me was was the tone setter. You know, it came in there in 2014 We made a lot of headway that year, knew we had to get better. And then going into 2015 to go straight up there and win the division title, obviously was a huge stepping stone. And I think we just grew from there.
0: From iconic first to memorable moments to wild endings. These are just a few victories in franchise history. And while they might have taken place in different decades or different eras of Vikings football, they all played a part on Minnesota's road to 500 wins. For more inside stories from Vikings legends, you can check out my long form article on Vikings.com. Once again, I'm Vikings team reporter Eric Smith. Thank you for listening to this special edition of Skull Stories.